0: I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Okie dokies. Today we are talking about Season 4, Episode 10, The Queen Scamper Job. Beth, what did you think?
1: I think that I'm stupid. And here's why. Okay. Last week you asked me to predict what this episode was going to be about and I was pretty bang on. You were. You were I was very pretty accurate. pretty bang on. Mm-hmm. I'm so pissy because as I was explaining my theories for this week's episode, I thought to myself... I wonder if Sterling will be in the episode. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't say that. Yeah. I just thought it.
0: Thoughts don't count, babe. And
1: thoughts don't fucking count. So I think that I'm stupid because I should have just said, and Sterling could be there. Because I literally talked about how we have talked about the fucking chess analogies Mm -hmm. and shit. And who do we talk about the chess analogies with? Fucking Sterling. Which is when I had the thought of, hey, maybe this could be relevant to Sterling. And then I just didn't open my mouth and say the words and now here we are and don't i look silly so i mean no more than usual (laughs) here's the thing i did really like this episode i just wanted to get that out of the way because i was so mad at myself like i turned on the episode and the thumbnail was Mm -hmm. like an over the shoulder shot looking at nate um over Sterling's shoulder from when they're first playing chess at the very beginning and i was like that's mark (laughs) shepherd And Naomi was sitting with me and she goes, how can you tell? You can only see his fucking ear. And I'm like, Naomi, that's Mark Shepard.
0: It's a very distinctive ear.
1: (laughs) And I was like, believe me, I know that it is. And then I was correct. And then I was mad immediately.
0: While we're talking about Mark Shepard's ear, should we talk about Mark Shepard in this actual episode?
1: Absolutely, we should.
0: So how how do you feel about Sterling and Sterling's character? We get New Gorgeous dropped. Mm. Sterling has a kid. And had a wife. And Nate straight up just didn't know.
1: Yeah. Which, okay, two possibilities here. Because Nate says to him, like, why didn't I know? You know, like, before all this, when we were friends, like, you had a wife and a daughter Mm. and I didn't know? Why? And I'm like, okay, I know that Sterling says it's, you know, the, like, very angsty, like, because I'm the reason they left, like, thing, right? Sure. I also just think it could be that Nate just wasn't
0: paying that much attention before. Mm-hmm. You know? Especially if, like, all of this was happening when, like, Sam was going through treatment and that sort of stuff, like... Yeah, like, I also
1: just don't feel like... Nate doesn't strike me as the type of person to be heavily involved in his co-workers' extracurriculars, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, he
0: doesn't seem like the kind of person who would ask. (laughs) Like, you know? (laughs) See, for me, more so what I'm thinking is probably, like, obviously, yeah, we get the the answer, but I'm, I'm assuming that, like, because, like, a, like his daughter's pretty old, so I'm just assuming that he was already divorced before he started working with Nate. I mean, I suppose, so, but I guess my point is that even
1: if Sterling wasn't going to bring it up independently...
0: Mm. Like, if, Nate's not
1: asking. Like, I don't think that he would have necessarily flat-out lied if Nate had directly asked.
0: But also, to be fair... I'm, I'm not blaming... If Nate didn't ask, oh, hey, do you have a kid and wife that yeah. I don't know about?
1: Like <laughs> That would be insane. But, like, <laughs> like, you would think that, like, if he's talking about Sam, mm-hmm. you know, he might be like, oh, like, do you have kids? Mm. Or, you know, like, oh, you know, school holidays, am I right? Like, and even if you're just talking about how the traffic fucking changes during school yeah. holidays, like,
0: most people have an opinion... <laughs> I just think at no point did Nate go directly oh do you have a kid and because he didn't do that directly then Sterling just never told him mm. you know what I mean like
1: yeah <laughs> I I just think it's quite interesting I also what actually I do like about it and I realized we we're supposed to be talking about Sterling and really yeah. we're just immediately talking about Nate but what I do find interesting is that that is what Nate is focusing on mm-hmm. like because he doesn't need to be convinced about Sterling's thought process here. No. He doesn't he already thinks that Sterling has done the right thing. yeah like, He doesn't agree with how he's done it.
0: Because if it, Sterling had just told them the fucking truth, truth. they could have planned for this yes, shit. Yes, exactly.
1: Like if Sterling had just told them the truth, Nate 100% would have helped him perform an abduction. Mm-hmm. Like no questions <laughs> asked. No. Kind of thing. You know what I mean? And like I think that It is interesting that Nate is immediately like, okay, but why did I not know about this? And it's funny that Sterling and Olivia both seem to be under this impression that they have to prove to Nate that this was the right thing to do. But like, Nate's already on their team.
0: Prove to Nate that it's okay to go a little bit feral to save your kid.
1: Yeah, right. When Olivia said that, I'm glad that Sterling was like, (laughs) (laughs) because I was like, yeah, shh, <laughs> that's the thing he's sensitive about. Clearly, I clearly your dad to has that. told you
0: nothing about this dude. And I just
1: really didn't want to see that fucking flashback again. <laughs> I was like, stop talking or you're going to bring up that fucking flashback and I'm going to have to be forced to watch it again. But, no, I did think it was interesting. I did call the plot twist. Mm-hmm. I might add. As soon as sterling did the tappy Mm -hmm. on the chessboard i was like they are making so much of a point out of this if this doesn't become relevant later i'm gonna throw a fit
0: and then as soon as you saw it again it's like oh that is.
1: i was like oh yeah okay
0: and you have the really pointed lines about no my real dad told taught me how to win
1: yeah well also when sterling corrects to stepdad Mm -hmm. because that also like tweaked for me not as much as the tapping that yeah. did Twig. And I was also surprised that he was there working with them. Mm-hmm. That was another thing where I was like, oh, Sterling seems like personally involved here in mm-hmm. a way that I wouldn't have expected him to from what he told yeah. Nate about the brief. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think he has to be here. No. And my only thought was like, maybe he's like, because he is in Interpol mm-hmm. and they have hired criminals, like maybe part of the like deal there is that he has to supervise them. Mm-hmm. Like that was the only way that I was like... Is that why he's here? So that the fact that, like, yes, he actually does have very personal stakes in this particular case way, makes way more sense.
0: I do. I, I really enjoy the fact, though, that we get more Sterling backstory in this episode, and I also love, as much as it's like, oh, does Sterling really need to be here? A, no, he absolutely does not if it is what he says it is, but B, we get the peak, the peak interactions between Sterling and Elliot and their entire, like, bickering thing like the whole thing about like no in a case where there's one thing that people agree on Mm -hmm. in a case you've managed
1: i know to disagree
0: with the one thing that everybody else agrees on
1: it's so funny to me like i want to know how they ended up there like Uh because we kind of get dropped into the middle of the Mm -hmm. conversation i'm like okay but but how did we breach this topic? Mm-hmm. How did, what started, like what chit chat yeah. while you were sitting idly in the car, you know, on surveillance? How did we mm-hmm. get here? But also, Sterling and Elliot bickering is literally everything. I oh love my that God.
0: we even get the lead into it of, oh, uh, Elliot, try not to murder Sterling. And he's like, I can't make any fucking promises. Oh, God.
1: He hates that guy so much. And like, I understand why, but I do think it's. Very funny. Like, <laughs> and Sterling gives him more reason to, again, Yes, this the episode. fucking
0: coffee. And he's Wait. drinking it. He's going, this coffee tastes like shit. Like, and he's, like, suspicious of the coffee the entire time. And Sterling's like, no, you're just being a fucking princess. You've crawled through caves in Yemen to fucking murder people. and But the coffee's the mm-hmm. problem. The coffee is the fucking problem. And then you get the payoff later on in the episode of, yes, I put something in your coffee.
1: Yeah, I have a note. That says, there is definitely something in the coffee. Why is he still drinking it? And then, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight notes later, I have, whoop, there it is, (laughs) R.I.P. Elliot.
0: (laughs) He fully gets drunk by Sterling, which makes him want to murder Sterling even more. And he is so valid for that. It is. It's an interesting one to look at, you know, we've talked a lot about Elliot and control and control over himself. And Mm -hmm. like... This is one where, when we were talking about the tap out job and we were talking about Elliot and control, this comes up a lot in that conversation mm. because getting drugged by Sterling so you pass out is a very clear breach of your control over your own oh, body.
1: Yes, I don't think that requires much explanation at all.
0: Like, and it is kind of played a little bit for laughs in this episode, which I think is just by nature of like the vibe of the show,
1: and also. We can't really be like, oh, Sterling's so bad for drugging. Something. The, the team have done this to countless people yeah. at this point. Like, even in the first season, I want to say they pull this trick or a variation of yeah. at least three times.
0: The only like, difference is they don't normally knock people out. They just, like... I mean, you're still... They make people's allergies worse and that sort of shit. Like, I mean, there was that fucking one guy that they gave speed. Like, yeah. you know,
1: there's a few where deep. it's a bit much. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it's, like regardless of what it is that they are giving them they're still giving them something without yeah. their knowledge, knowledge or consent. consent yeah and that is the baseline issue mm-hmm. beyond that it becomes a severity level of okay well what did they give them mm-hmm. but like the baseline is still there yeah although what i did love is elliot immediately giving himself seniority above sterling when they introduce themselves
0: i love the fact though that it's sterling's idea because sterling's going you're my executive assistant. I'm the VP of sales. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Sterling introduces himself and immediately Elliot's like, Swanson. this is my executive assistant. I'm. Yeah. So I was like, everything that Sterling's just tried to like set him up to do. He's like, ah ah uh, ah, uno reverse. He's like, wouldn't it be
1: so funny if. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Oh, okay. Not about Elliot. But And because the reason I want to talk about some of the other team members is because I think that Sterling is a really interesting character to mix in with everyone Mm -hmm. in the team. Mm -hmm. Like, there is such an interesting dynamic there. Like, I feel like none of them trust him. No. But all of them have, like, varying levels of, like, giving a shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I get the vibe that Parker doesn't really care. No. Like, I... Like, she doesn't trust him. No. But also she's, like, I I don't know. Whereas, like, Elliot has a personal vendetta. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, there's a variation there. And one of the interesting things to me in this episode was that (laughs) Sterling is standing there, and Hardison's, like, personal space. And then Sterling just, like, squints at him and I was like, what is
0: this? Supernatural? What... (laughs) is happening (laughs) what's so funny though is literally like not even two seconds before he goes personal space to sterling he's standing closer to parker Uh uh-huh like it's just sterling like he's singling sterling out for this like it's
1: so funny it's so funny but also sterling was straight up flirting with elliot this episode Mm -hmm. and i can't remember what it is he did but i have a note that literally says sterling is flirting with elliot right now so it must have happened (laughs) like i believe past Mm -hmm. me i just don't remember what she was talking about
0: what gets me about this episode and like the way they all interact with sterling Mm. is just you know like it's so funny because they're all really individual like sophie's like i'm just gonna mess with him a little elliot's like i have a personal fucking vendetta parker's like i don't really care like it's fine like i don't like working with him i don't trust him but like And, you know, and, like, again, Hardison's just a petty little bitch. I know. And I
1: love that for him. I love it for him. And then Nate is, like, a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. Because Nate and Sterling, actually, one of the things I fucking adored Mm -hmm. in this episode, which was just, like, unnecessary, but I think symbolically, coming back to the whole, like, chess thing, Mm -hmm. beautiful. So when Sterling has originally come to the bar to speak to Nate and they do their chess match, when they both get up to leave... The only two pieces left on the board are both their kings. Yeah. Facing off against each other. Like, literally, mm-hmm. like, it's the two kings directly opposite each <laughs> other. And it's, like, the ultimate stalemate, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is good. Like, the analogy and, like, the symbolism, like, it's just, like... Because, yes, Nate and Sterling are it. Like, mm-hmm. they can take out every other piece on the board. And ultimately, they will always be left opposing each other. And I love that so much like they are the true equals Mm -hmm. in this scenario and like yes they'll one up each other like you know back and forth but ultimately it comes down to it is nate and it is sterling and i just love it for like as a character who is not in this show an awful lot Mm -hmm. sterling is just so powerful as a presence Mm -hmm. like because he is the anti Nate, essentially, like, and he's constantly a looming threat. You,
0: well, this is the thing though, because he's he's a threat, but he's not. He's not a he's a threat, but he's not a villain. Yeah, like he stands there with
1: this innate understanding and knowledge about the team, the ability to bring them down if he really wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's just that he doesn't really want to, and it's and just... now
0: he owes Nate a favor,
1: mm-hmm. and it's so compelling. Like honestly. This season's overarching plot, I am enjoying immensely. I feel like they are really, really cleverly walking the line of giving us just enough information without revealing what they're going to do. Like, I feel like as I'm watching it, I can see the gears turning in Nate's head. Every, like, the last five minutes of, like, every episode this season, I'm like... Nate is making a plan in his mind. Nate has entered his mind palace and it's going bunter in there. Mm -hmm. Like something is happening, but you know, they're giving us enough. It's not like season three where we were like, okay, we've essentially had the same dialogue five times now Mm -hmm. and we've got no new information. We get it. Moreau's bad. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Italian woman is here for some reason, but like, this is like, okay, I can see Nate formulating like, We're getting bits and pieces. We've actually already met the villain. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's so interesting. And the way that Nate walks away at the end of this episode, I'm like, yes, yes. Like, there is just, I think, something about the energy of the overarching this season. It's so much more tangible. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so much more present.
0: And I love it. I love it. You having a vibe? Yes. I'm glad. I... I'm really excited for you to see what they do with this plot line.
1: I'm excited for me to see what they do with because this plot. Because
0: we line. have a lot of this plot line coming up. Excellent. And obviously at the end of this episode, Nate hands him the folder and basically says, I need everything you've got in this dude.
1: Yeah, and we know like it's a folder piece of paper, but we fucking know. Yeah. Like they're not at this point they're not gonna whip out some fucking no. random like it's not gonna be more raw again. Like no. it's not gonna be, I don't know, Dubinich or something like
0: Whatever it is, it has something to do with Jack Latimer. Yeah. Because they've already ID'd Jack Latimer as... We fucking met him. Yes. Like, we've, we've met him. We know he's the one who bugged the apartment. So no matter what's happening... He's had that whole convo ...around with him, whoever else is... Like, if there's anybody else involved, if it's just him, we know he is involved.
1: I have to assume that the piece of paper that Nate gave Sterling either just had that guy's name on yeah. it. Or it was someone who was directly involved in a company associated. Yeah. Like... Because here's the thing about this. Obviously, this season is a bit different because both Nate and Jack are aware of each other mm-hmm. and have sort of a like. Obviously, this guy has been watching the team for a while. Yeah. So they don't really have the element of surprise like they. We actually get over? a
0: date that he's been watching the team since like the second job they ever pulled. Yeah. So because he found out about them while they were pulling the first job, essentially, like just mm-hmm. afterwards, because he was he had the CEO of the company they robbed originally. Under surveillance. Yeah. So we've already been given that date. He's been watching them since the very beginning. Since Day Dot. Yeah. Since day dot. The only like he wasn't watching them before when they when they originally did the job for Dubinich. He wasn't watching them then. But then when Nate went to hand Pearson, like the aviation where they stole the the designs from, Mm -hmm. when he handed them like back to the original owners, to the rightful owners, Mm -hmm. that is when they pinged onto their map so mm-hmm. that is the only job that he does not have like extensive knowledge of that's the only job that he was not watching after that he's been following them pretty closely because he worked out who they were what they were doing and he's just sort of been following along since yeah
1: and so i think that it is gonna be a little bit. anyway yeah so i'm really interested to see how and what and why and when and where like it all goes down mm-hmm. because I think that this is maybe the first time the team has truly, truly, and outside of times when they've come up against Sterling, who did already know who they were, but like, has really and truly been stripped of that uh, element of surprise. Mm. Like they, it's not like Moreau, who some fucking how didn't know who any of them were, like yeah. except for Elliot, you know, and it's not like any of the sort of by the week people that they're taking down that don't have so much of a reason to know who they are, but this guy knows who they are. They can't sneak up on him in the same way. And so I'm wondering if maybe the tactic is going to be either, well, he already knows we're coming, so we may as well come straight on. Yeah. Or if it is going to be a matter of like, he said that he was basically playing the stock market, Mm -hmm. right? Like he knew what they were going to do. So he just put his money and investments in other places. I think it would be interesting To see if maybe Nate tries to play this guy by doing that against him. Like, Mm -hmm. make it look like that they're going to do one thing and then at the last possible second switch it up and completely fuck it the other way. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like... Because we know it's pretty obvious Nate doesn't like this. No. And I think that he won't rest until he finds a way to stop it. And whether that means just becoming more too unpredictable Mm -hmm. for this guy to not be able to... To know whether or not his investments are going to be wise or not mm-hmm. and therefore, you know, making it too risky. Or if it means that they're going to somehow like create a, like a defamation case, which wouldn't be the first time that they've done that. No. But I'm interested to see which direction or if another direction I have thought of that they go.
0: Oh, I thought you were like, I've thought of another direction, so I'm gonna explain it. So I was like, I'll let her exp- Oh no, <laughs> I was saying there <laughs> might be like another yeah. direction that I
1: genuinely haven't thought of. So Which is highly likely. Honestly. Obviously, I'm
0: not giving you any indication, but like just the possibility that from this point that I was thinking when I originally watched the show mm. is the other thing is, you know, for so many years Latimer was following them without them noticing him. Yeah. So the other option is he Jack Latimer now goes after the team because they know him now. So it's sort of that race of, like, who's going to ruin the other first and, like...
1: Yeah, but I suppose that it's not really in his best interest to ruin them. Mm -hmm. They're not causing him any grief, like, outside of now that they might actually target him. Mm -hmm. But he sort of brought that on himself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, he doesn't want them to stop doing what they're doing because he is making huge profits from it.
0: And the other thing is, I think also, if they are to go after Latimer... They don't have the same level of surprise that they normally have. Well, that's what I was saying. Because, like, yeah. he knows, knows who they are. He knows what they look like. like He knows what they're likely
1: trying to do. Yeah. The, I suppose the other thing that they could do is enlist the help of, like, Tara and, I don't know, like,
0: really branch out and get chaos mm-hmm. or something. Like, but yeah. that
1: just seems like a big risk because,
0: you know. As soon as you bring other people into it, it's sort of like you're expanding your liabilities.
1: Yeah, and also, like, they're then putting, like, they wouldn't want to put Tara at risk, would they? you know or like imagine like maggie makes a surprise comeback Mm -hmm. you know they they don't want to put civilians at risk either like you know they're not going to get hardison's nana in on it what i do think could be interesting though and this is like i have no idea if this is even close to being a possibility but i do think it would be interesting if that alias of sophie's that we had uh where she's like the duchess i feel like it would be interesting because we haven't they brought that up in one episode and then they really didn't expand on it but it seems like the kind of thing that like is like they're putting down breadcrumbs to be picked up Mm -hmm. at a later date and so I'm wondering if that is maybe something that'll end up being useful here like those connections or that identity or something in and around there because it seems like a random thing for them to just like mention and then never come back to and whether it'll be relevant to this plot or at all ever again I don't know but I do think it seems odd for them to have sort of created it and then left it alone, unless they were going to bring it up later and like try and do a like oh, remember this mm. kind of moment or like it all ties together in the end sort of situation. So
0: I don't know. It could be, could be possible. I'm excited for you to see where they're going with it because I'm excited. I personally really like it. Like personally, I what they really do with like
1: Sophie's alias or what they do with this season. Okay. What, they,
0: what they do with Sophie and Sophie's Aliases and what they do with this season. like, Okay. I think, you know, we've only got more good stuff to come. You know what I mean? like, Cool. You know, if the first couple of seasons start off a little slow, by the time you're hitting, like, season three, season four, season five, they've really, like, worked out what they're doing. Mm,
1: yeah. I mean, I think that goes for a lot of TV shows. And I think one of the criticisms that I've seen a lot recently and I, I do agree with is that there's this – the concept that like if a show doesn't get x many views or like people don't binge the whole fucking season they just cancel it because mm-hmm. it clearly quote-unquote wasn't that good and it's like that's not how tv functions a lot of the time and like how often do you talk about a tv show that's so good and it's like really like iconic but everyone is like just skip the first two seasons they hadn't found their feet yet yeah like how like parks and rec is a great example Mm -hmm. i could think of probably five or six shows that i've watched and enjoyed that would fit into that paradigm but like nowadays there's just no breathing
0: room for
1: them to find their stride
0: the one that really comes to mind for me is like Supernatural. if you just skip the first 15 seasons you can get some really (laughs) good stuff there (laughs) you skip the
1: first 15 seasons and just read the memes
0: just jump to the (laughs) internet seasons and it is a Way higher quality experience.
1: Here's the thing, though. You won't fully appreciate how good the memes are. Like, the jokes are so good. But you need, like, at least eight years of prior knowledge to truly appreciate them. You know? Mm. Um, but, yeah, like... And I think leverage is, is a prime example. I would argue that I don't think the first season it particularly is super strong. Like, I warmed up to it pretty quickly. But I think especially, like, the pilot, you know... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought it was that strong for me personally. And so I think that seeing it in its fourth season, like it's a different show at this point. And but, I mean that in, in a good way. Like it started off good, but it's gotten so much better.
0: And, and also like the thing is like even looking at this episode, like the pilot is relevant to this episode. Mm. Yeah, because they name drop it. They, like The thing is like they, they're making the pilot so – like even just in the way that like Parker versus Elliot treats Sterling – it all boils down to that same scene of like in the pilot when Nate goes, okay, we're going to get revenge on Dubinich, you know, and Parker goes, what's in it for me? And he goes, a lot of money if we we're really lucky, a bit of revenge. And he asks Elliot, what's in it for me? And El- and he goes, a bit of revenge. And if you're lucky, a lot of money. Yeah. It's like the value of, you know, Parker's in it for the money, Elliot's in it for the revenge translates so nicely, even to this episode, when you look at the way they treat Sterling. Yeah. But
1: you couldn't get that, like, if the show was cancelled at season one. No. Like, you just can't make those same callbacks and have them resonate so well. No. If it's literally only been, you know, three mm-hmm. episodes or something. like.
0: And we do have a lot more, like, callbacks coming up. Because one thing that I really do enjoy about Leverage is they do like to reference where they've been. Like, they don't just forget... Where they came from. Where they came from. They know their roots. Yeah, they remember everything that's happened. We have very little, like... I know that literally over on Queering Things on the Supernatural side of things, they have the lost canon jar where yeah. all of this shit that they've set up as canon just gets forgotten. Gets discarded. Just gets discarded. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's sort of like, it's nice to know that like leverage, I mean, also the thing is leverage as a whole just doesn't have the same level of lore as something like Supernatural. So it like, it makes sense, but yeah. it's also like typically character traits in that they don't just get forgotten. hmm like as much as something cannot be referenced again, it's still incredibly relevant to the character. It's yeah. baked into the actual characterization.
1: Yeah, I think that it just becomes like as I mean, and this goes for any show, but like as the seasons go on, like the characters just become more fleshed out. They become mm. less caricature-like. Because mm. often when a show or anything starts off, to give the audience a very quick understanding of who the characters are, they are often portrayed as like caricatures. And that's just, it's just shorthand so the audience goes, oh, okay, they're the comic relief. Oh, okay, they're the, like, angsty one, you know, whatever. And you're given these, like, very, very two-dimensional kind of bite-sized pieces because they're easy to ingest and you don't need to look much further beyond the surface to understand their drives and their purpose within the narrative just for, like, the first episode or two. Mm -hmm. And then it's once you get beyond the pilot, once you get on maybe beyond the first sort of four or five episodes of a season that you start to be like, oh, okay, there's more nuance here. Oh, okay, there's more background here. Oh, okay. And you can see how it fits together. And then when you go to, like, you know, you've watched the whole series or, like, a few seasons in, you go back to episodes early on and you go, whoa, like, I can really see, you know, the base, the basis of what this Mm. character has become. And it's because, yeah, it's just, it's the bare essentials. And that's just, that's just TV. Like, if it's done... In my opinion, well, like that's just TV. Yeah, you want to be able to recognize the characters across seasons, unless obviously the point is that you don't.
0: And like you absolutely can with leverage. Like you, as I said, you can pull these character traits all the way back in the pilot. Like yeah. you can look at it and go, okay, yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. You can see where it's all coming from, which is I, I think I think it's a really nice sort of touch that we're not just you know it's not coming out of nowhere. No which is always the risk with stuff like this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> one thing, speaking of like consistencies, mm-hmm. right, through leverage, one other thing that they've been very consistent in. Actually, two. Two other things. One is Nate's dumb hats. Yeah. Another is suspiciously obvious car ads. Mm-hmm. And both of them We're immediately relevant this episode.
0: But I always just (laughs) straight up forget how this episode starts. (laughs) Because it's like, I forget that it's that incredibly obnoxious, like, car chase thing. It's so funny. It's just, they they make choices. And I'm like, okay.
1: Oh, it's hilarious. Literally, my first note is in all caps. And it's like, Nate, dumb hat, and a car ad immediately must Mm. be my lucky day. Like, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. and the part yeah. when nate like at the very end of the cold open right before they go to the like intro or whatever it like dr- like nate turns and it like the camera dramatically zooms in on his face and it's kind of like that gif of that hamster or whatever it is mm-hmm. that's just like you know the one mm-hmm. no one yeah. sees the head movement i just did but jamie knows i know like <laughs> and i was like why is nate literally that gif it's just so funny <laughs>
0: And it's so unnecessary. They don't need to start it. They could start the episode with the scene of, like, him and Sophie bickering over what actually happened mm-hmm. in the bar. Mm-hmm. And then you get, like, the, you know, Nate slides over the drink and you get the da do Because, again, Sterling's intro music.
1: Yeah. You can't
0: have Sterling without it. And then we see Sterling. Like, you could start it there. You could start it there. And it would be an absolutely fine cold open.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, you could literally have the cold open be... Nate, when he sees that the guy who's come in has a gun. Mm-hmm. Like that could be you're cold open, and then you just go straight into like him sliding the shot glass across the table, which also so funny to me. Like, I don't know <laughs> I don't know why they were like, we're gonna start this episode by making Nate look really cool. He's gonna drive a Ferrari, wear a hat, and slide a shot glass down the down the bar after being propositioned by a pretty woman. I was like, what are we doing? Like The most. We're doing (laughs) the most. Like, and also I had a thought, which was like, where is Sophie? Like, the implication is like that he is supposed to be going upstairs with her. And then he just It is Sophie. No, I know that it is Sophie. But like she is inviting Nate upstairs with her, and then he just ghosts her like where is she she's just up there like damn he's taking a long time to get up the stairs if i was her i would have come check and make sure he hadn't fallen back down them like (laughs) she just like i have to assume that after five minutes she's like jesus fuck he's taking a long time she comes back down the stairs pokes her head out sees sterling and she goes hmm not for me. And See, then she goes back upstairs and she, goes to bed. I don't
0: even think she's walking down the stairs. I reckon Hardison's got the entire bar. <laughs> CCTV. CCTV. <laughs> I reckon she's just like turned on the surveillance system, seeing that Sterling been like,
1: nah. I, he's fine.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, look, there is there's a lot to unpack in this episode. Mm. Oh, also the moment when Sterling
1: holds out his fists and he's got, like, the black and the white chess mm-hmm. pieces and it's, like, basically, like, choose your whatever. Yeah. I play that game with my dog. I put a treat in one fist <laughs> and I make him choose which one I open. And like, <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I, it's all I could think about. <laughs> it was really funny.
0: <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. I think we need to transfer into one of the things that I do really love about this episode. Mm -hmm. The partisan of it all. Oh my god, First up, my girl Parker wears that gorgeous pink dress. Mm -hmm. Unnecessary, but I love it on her. Like, I'm so glad. We then get Parker with the ridiculous French accent (laughs) pretending to be the photographer. I love Love it for her. And then we get Hardison. Dance, dance, revolution enthusiast. (laughs) I know. I have... So many fucking thoughts. They're
1: so fucking cute. Like, I think that the whole bit where, like, Parker is trying to move around with, like, the weights and stuff on her is, like, a bit overdone. Like, by the time we're getting through the whole episode, I'm like, okay, we get it. She's struggling with this weight. I don't think it has to be this dramatically, like, pointed out over and over and over again. And also, like... I don't know how that they're expecting to convince us that she is at all mimicking his gait when she's walking like that. Like, I understand the weight and the weight distribution being mimicked. That makes total sense. But the actual gait, which they point out is something she needs to be mimicking. There is no way. She's just, like, clumping. Like, she's basically picking one leg up with her hands, dropping it down, and then picking up the other one and dropping it. Like, there is no... She's not walking like... He is, and that's the point, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's not stopping and starting and picking, you know, and struggling to pick up one leg and then the other. He is walking at a regular pace, and hers is very choppy. And it was I was driving me insane the whole time. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) But what we actually care about in that scene, and not the fact that they're trying to mimic his limp, which is not really working for them, Mm. the partisan of it all. Mm -hmm. The partisan of it all. First up, we get the heartbreaking speech from Parker about how you weigh me down, you kill me.
1: Yeah. I actually, in in a move that is unusual for me during an episode of Leverage, I did write down the full quotes. Ooh. I did. My, my quotes go in sequence. How is she going to be able to do her job? Because I was like, mm-hmm. that was the... Fa- like, I saw her moving and I was like, this is such an inhibition mm-hmm. for Parker. Then it says, dance, dance, revolution, ha, 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 in all caps. <laughs> and it moves straight into... You slow me down, you kill me, and then you're not alone anymore. You have a team, you have me, and I've got you. And I was like, they're so cute. Oh my God. Then there's lots of cry laughing. Uh, Sorry, Mm -hmm. there's lots of uh, bawling my eyes out emojis
0: in that moment. Because then we get them dancing.
1: Oh, I know.
0: I know. Which then gets called back when she's in the elevator. (laughs) And she's like, it's easier if you hum." oh god it's genuinely like couples who commit crimes together
1: stay together <laughs> that's the vibe that I'm getting like it seems to be working out for Nate and Sophie theoretically not that they've mm. called themselves a couple because they're lunatics but you know it's definitely working for Parker and Hardison like I just think that that whole scene is so freaking sweet Like,
0: and then we find out that he packed her parachute I no
1: I know it's so fucking
0: precious
1: like I I just I just the moment where she like pauses in the elevator and she was like it was easier before I was like oh my god she wants him to hum Mm -hmm. and I was rewarded like five seconds later Mm -hmm. and then I love that we have Sophie and Nate like you get to see their reaction to them hearing Hardison and humming and understanding what's going on and then I had in all caps NERDS IN LOVE cause like they're just everything to me
0: oh, I love them so much it's just it's just so hard because I love them so much and you don't understand half of it but I'm, I just want you to understand like every. but you don't I'm getting there you're getting there and this episode is, like, a real, like... You know, they really came through for the partisanship is this week.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, the thing about partisan is that it's not like Destiel in the <laughs> sense that, like, the writers were like, haha actually, you know, they were, like, they're... People were writing Destiel intentionally and then making fun of us for looking at their work and perceiving it, whereas, like... Leverage is running partisan because partisan is designed to be consumed and understood and end game, mm-hmm. Like like you're right, this is a partisan a partisan moment, but it's also like I don't think you could interpret it in any other way. Like this isn't just couple of buddies, like at this point, you cannot possibly interpret them as just buddies.
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like if they were on supernatural, then try. Oh well see that's the that's the fucking issue. <laughs>
1: Like, we would have a scene of Dean and Cass doing this and they'd be like, oh, no, no, like, they're just bros. That's just how how you do, you know, don't yeah. all the homies dance on each other's toes. It's <laughs> clearly the way. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's there's just partisan is just so delightful.
0: It's also just so explicit. It's like, yeah. no, this is... This is romantic. There is no question. It's like you're sitting here thinking, damn, this is romantic. And you'd be correct. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not trying to hide it. It is romantic. That's the whole idea.
1: Yeah. Uh, While we put something on Hardison, Mm -hmm. I did love uh, when he was, like, bickering with Nate. Hardison says, maybe if you let me use the Vulcan rules. Like, I love him so much. You're
0: real stingy with it is how that quote ends. (laughs) I also love the fact that we get uh, the line in this episode where – um, Nate goes okay so we hacked the security system and Hardison goes you mean I hack the uh-huh. security system like
1: yes no I love that one thing though that was I was like there is no fucking way you did this right now there is no fucking way you're trying to convince me of this shit is when Hardison makes the Lord of the Rings reference mm-hmm. and he talks about like the one ring and like Nate like is like oh yeah whatever and then Sophie is like wait what ring and I'm like don't you fucking try and convince me that Sophie did not understand that reference
0: Lord of the Rings is not that niche it's, it's but also, we actually we know that she understands the reference we know canonically that she would. She in the and job she says why do I sound like one of the dwarves from Lord of the Rings right now there you go I did not remember that specifically but there you
1: go she so inconsistencies in leverage who would have fucking thought a single one. They forgot that Sophie... Inconsistencies in Jamie's
0: favourite show? It's more likely than you think. <laughs> but, like, like genuinely. Like, she knows. I, I like to think that she's just messing with Nate. Oh, there's actually something that I talked to you about ages ago in the Supernatural pod, and then I laughed because I remembered this was coming up. You said that, like... Crowley. I always fear this Crowley. You said that Crowley has a kid in Supernatural. <laughs> Guess what? He also has a kid in Leverage. Yeah,
1: they have a very so- different relationship, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really like this kind of insight we get into Sterling's mm-hmm. life. One thing that I will mention is that when Olivia and Nate are like chatting over their chess game or whatever and she flat out says her real dad I was like damn fucking savage (laughs) that's so funny but also like she looks miserable that whole fucking episode Mm -hmm. up until like she meets Sterling like in that little room and you know I'm glad that she got out in the end but I do also have to wonder is this class as an abduction? I mean
0: Like, it depends on the custody
1: situation, right?
0: You'd think that actual Interpol agent Sterling Sterling. would be able to fight for custody. Yeah. Which makes me think that maybe the reason why he couldn't was because they were in... Dubai? Dubai. So, like... But, like, which country you're in doesn't change the details on your birth certificate. To be fair, though, the stepfather is working for the Dubai government. Mm. So, like... But she's not a... Like, she's an American citizen, though, Yeah, Yes, sure, she like... would be. You'd imagine so. So... At the very least, she's a dual citizen. But, mm-hmm. like, even then, like...
1: I don't know how these laws work. But,
0: like, but, so like... the other thing is, like, it's a, at the end of the day, it comes down to the government. And this other dude's working for the government in the country where they're currently living. I guess, but Sterling's working for Interpol.
1: <laughs> like,
0: it's... <laughs> oh, yes, the famous family, like, family <laughs> custody dispute resolvers. Interpol.
1: <laughs> no, but my point is, like... You know, I don't think it really matters if this guy is working for the government like ultimately because he doesn't get to change the laws. Like it just seems like if Olivia had wanted to come I feel back like to if the
0: enough up, up in the government, you can pretend that the laws don't apply to. You.
1: Oh yeah, you can pretend, but like if someone is coming to challenge you and they have the kind of resources at their disposal that Sterling does. To be fair, not that he should be using them for personal matters, but again, not that it stopped him. So like either way, like mm. I just I feel like maybe there was a much easier way for him to regain custody of his daughter. Specifically, she clearly didn't want to be in Dubai.
0: I think the other <laughs> thing is it's kind of like two birds, one sto- Like, one stoning it. It's like, mm. do we want nuclear material getting into the hands of people that should probably not be in the hands of? Yeah. Like, no. Do we also want to get the daughter out? That's why. Like, and that's the explanation Nate gives is like, why did it have to be us? It's like, because you're the best thieves out there and Mm -hmm. so the idea is that you know they're competent enough that they could both stop them from getting the nuclear material and also Mm. get sterling's daughter out like that is sort of the plan in sterling's head
1: yeah i also think that it's interesting that after that whole turmoil that nate had about like am i a good person or am i a thief and like what does that even mean like i think it was interesting to have sterling flat out say like you're the best thief i know or you're the best thief out there kind of thing
0: like you're a thief yeah (laughs) like he was like he didn't beat around the bush he was like you're a thief yeah
1: and Mm -hmm. i was like i feel like it's nice like what a nice little identity affirmer to be fair
0: though last time we have seen sterling Nate is literally sitting there bleeding to death going, <laughs> I'm, I am Nate the, so I'm Nate Ford and I am a thief. Like, yeah, it is well and truly established. It's good to know that even
1: if the writing team of Leverage sometimes forget that Nate has already come to this conclusion, at mm. least Sterling remembers.
0: <laughs> Sterling remembers everything. He is the only character that we have seen so far that comes anywhere near close to matching Nate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, We get in this episode that he's getting beaten by a couple of chess masters, but it's like, that's not Nate's version of chess. Mm,
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, the chess that is being played in the episode is like literal chess. Mm -hmm. The chess that Nate is usually playing is much more (laughs) symbolic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, One thing that I will say about Nate this episode is that, my God... I wish that every now and again I would be able to tap into that man's blind fucking confidence. The way that he sits at that fucking table and is like, yeah, I could take on this chess master. Hardison's like, bro, they're better than you. And he's like, "Mm, we'll see about that. And then he's immediately like, oh, this is going to be harder than I thought. It's like, babe.
0: Of course it is. Yeah. And so Sophie (laughs) actually wins two of his matches for him. Yeah. Which then leads us to what I think is... Potentially the worst scene in this episode. Like, I I love Sophie, babe. I do. But really. Oh she's like, I've never seen that mirror before. I'm like, babe, it's yeah. not illegal to have a mirror. But
1: also, didn't they just see you holding it? Like, I <laughs> like just because you dropped it doesn't mean that it faded from significance or their line of sight. Like, if I pick up this water bottle and I say, Hi Jamie, and then I put down the water bottle and you go, Hey, is that your water bottle? I can't then be like, I've never seen that water bottle before in my life. Though the answer <laughs> is still not- being yes, that's not my water bottle because <laughs> it's yours. It's but mine. like but- you know what I mean? Like object permanence. And also they weren't accusing her like
0: her having a mirror doesn't prove that she's guilty of no. anything. like that's that's what i mean like she's like i've never seen that before in my life she could be like yeah that's my compact or whatever
1: like sophie babe what are you doing this is literally like and this is something that has always pissed me off about the i'm gonna maybe preface this with i very much dislike jk rowling i'm gonna preface it with this And there are things about the Harry Potter series that are worse than what I'm about to say. But the one that I'm about to describe is the thing that has pissed me off since I was a literal child Mm. and read it the first time. The fucking scene in the first movie specifically, I don't remember if it plays out exactly the same way in the book. Although I'm pretty sure it's similar. similar. When the fucking troll comes after Hermione in the bathroom, right? Mm. she fucking tells the teachers that she for some fucking reason as an 11 year old thought that she was well read enough that she could take on the troll herself and like she's so lucky that harry and ron came looking for her because otherwise she could have died right and i'm like babe you could have just told them you were in the loo why did you have to tell them that you thought you could take on the troll that was irrelevant the point was you were in the bathroom and then the troll was also in the bathroom You you literally had just gone to the bathroom. You'd gone to the bathroom because you're upset. But, like, they didn't have to know. You could have just been like, yeah, I was at dinner and I needed to pee. So I went to the bathroom. I didn't know there was a troll until it arrived in the room with me. And then, yes, it's lucky Harry and Ron were also here because otherwise I could have died. I'm like, why do you tell the other lie? It has always fucking baffled me. I was like, it's so unnecessary. It makes you look like a fucking moron. And it's also stupid.
0: (laughs) It's less logical than you just needing to go to the bathroom. And that's
1: how I feel about this scene with Sophie. Mm
0: -hmm. Where I'm like, babe, what are you doing? Like, you're so smart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are you saying? Like, it's not illegal to have a mirror. No. I understand saying that about the tape and being like, I've never seen that mirror tape in my life. Yeah, because like, also, you have,
1: you know, valid reason to be like, why are you waving this metallic, shiny, sticky shit in front of my face? Like, what is it? You know, Like, what the
0: fuck? I'd also be confused. It's not illegal to have a makeup compact. Mm hmm. It, it's not. They have no proof that you've been using it to flash light in a player's eyes. No. I'm like, you know. Other than you're acting suspicious as fucking bullshit.
1: Yeah, exactly. And now you're like, oh, I've never seen it before. I'm like, mm, okay, well, now you're sus. Mm hmm. Now you're sus. Oh, one other thing about this, mm-hmm. this moment in the episode uh, Nate makes a move on the chessboard. Mm-hmm he doesn't actually tap the timer. He just sits back. And then Olivia moves water, and makes her move. And I was like, oh, he didn't touch the timer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Tap, 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 tap. Single tap, tap, issue. Tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Yeah. Discrepancies in your show. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. See? I would say all that's happened is when they've
0: edited it. Like, yeah. Like, they have
1: just... Yeah. Either that. Either he just literally forgot and they just moved on mm-hmm. to not ruin the take. Or they've just cut it in a way where you miss it. Yeah. But I, mm, doesn't matter. I'll take
0: what I can get. How does it feel to have to be resorting to shit? Like, Oh, he didn't tap the time. It feels petty, Jamie.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be real. It feels petty. Oh, would you like to know at what point in the episode, my heart fell through my body into the pit of
0: my stomach? I would love to know. Would you want to have a guess? I don't know if I could guess. Like, there are are a couple of different timings where I, I think maybe, but, like, none of them are standing out to me strong enough to think, like, yeah.
1: The moment that Parker pulls open the elevator doors and she's like, Hardison, I just want to say. And he's like, Parker, jump. And she jumps. I was like, oh, my God. She better not fall down this motherfucking shaft. I will riot <laughs> your scenarios are coming back my scenarios and then i was like wait no jamie would have had me do a live reaction <laughs> i was like i'm good i'm
0: safe you know what well, i actually didn't like i might have gotten you to do a live reaction if i'd remembered
1: oh it was so it was so stressful
0: anytime and then, she jumps down an elevator shaft from now on and i'm gonna get you to do a live reaction <laughs> okay
1: And then she ended up at the very tippy top of the building. And I'm going to be real. I don't really understand how she got there because they Mm. don't really show it. Like I was like, okay, either she's just ridden the elevator up or she's like climbed up the shaft. But they didn't really show it happening. I'm
0: assuming she rode the elevator up as far as it it went, whether that was to the top or not. And then she just climbed the rest of the way.
1: But then I was like, oh, okay. So we actually have the opposite problem. She didn't fall all the way down. She somehow got all the way to the top and Mm. now has to get down somehow. Mm -hmm. And good Lord. The effects of Parkin falling down the side of the building.
0: I think some of them are fine. <laughs> I think some of them like when you get the further away, when you get the further away shots, oh, it looks yeah, fine. Yeah. But when you've got the really bad greens sc- up. There
1: is so much bad green screen <laughs> in this episode, actually, because the car chase is also full of it. Mm-hmm. And I think having those sequences of scenes so close together. It was just so funny to me.
0: I do love, though, that she's loving every minute of it. Oh, yeah. Like, as as she deserves to. As
1: soon as she puts the pieces together of, like, oh, I'm on a building. Oh, I have a parachute. I'm like, from that point on, it is just pure joy.
0: She's like, oh, no, I'm not weighing enough. And then he's like, look down. She's got the bloody boots.
1: Hardison has literally thought of it all.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what he's saying. Like, she's no longer alone. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a team. They and, work together.
1: And in case that wasn't abundantly clear to the audience already, they do show us a flashback of him telling her exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I did think was maybe a little bit much. It's a, I bit, was oh, like, it's a bit on the nose. I was like, okay, yes, I they did make that, that th- connection. You didn't have to hit me over the head with it. Like
0: They could have used that extra two seconds to show you Nate hitting the button.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, or even Parker just jumping off the edge of the building because we literally just go from her standing on the roof to her falling through the air and there's like no intermediate of her like getting ready to do it. But one other thing about this episode, and this is just like a thing that's just leveraged consistently does this, like other, it's kind of like them talking into the air with the comms. Mm-hmm. But at one point Hardison says to the Mark, like, may we speak somewhere more private? And he's like, sure. And then they take maybe five steps Stay in the same fucking room and change nothing about the volume at which they're speaking. Like, and then they continue their conversation. I'm like, guys, what do you think you've achieved?
0: Everything. They've achieved everything.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. God. It'd be like if I was like, hey, Jamie, can I tell you something in confidence? And then I told you something, and then you just didn't take it out of the podcast. And you were like, it's fine. Bethany said, Hey Jamie, can I tell you in confidence? So it no longer exists. <laughs> like we'll change nothing about anything that we're doing. <laughs> we'll just say we're going to. And it fixes everything. Mm. So I have two very little points left to make for this
0: episode, and then I'll mm-hmm. I'll let you do your Absolutely not. What do you think? <laughs> like doing conversation on the leverage podcast about leverage? It's so wild.
1: Number one some people these days. <laughs>
0: number one.
1: Olivia is listing things she's scared of to Nate, and some of them are totally, you know, valid, like spiders and mm. I think she said like venomous snakes or something like that. Mm. And yeah. then she says carbs. And I'm like, no. Don't be scared of carbs. There's nothing wrong with carbs. Carbs are actually essential for your health and you know, important in your diet. Please don't be scared of them. Please eat
0: them. (laughs) They really just like, yeah, sometimes they just throw things in here and I'm like.
1: I think it's a societal thing. Like, Mm. because how often do you hear people be like, oh, I can't eat bread because it's going to make me fat. That is so untrue. (laughs) Like, I promise. That is so unbased. Like, it's anyway, this is not the point. But don't be scared of carbs. They're so fine for you. Um, and the other thing was at the very, very end of the episode, Nate mentioning that they were on to Plan M and Harrison
0: going, Wait, don't I usually die in Plan M? And then Nate <laughs> informs him that he dies in Plan C or F. And then M through Q.
1: <laughs> but like, literally no one else has a planned death. It's so funny. But then Sophie's like, Hang on a minute, you skipped over me. Which fucking plan do I die in? And i was like, and then that's like literally how the episode ends with them all just like bickering. arguing
0: over which plans they do or do not die in. So and the funny. fact that parker is so pumped for the plan where elliot comes out of it with a scar from like temple to chin like yes. she is like down for that she's like you would look good with a scar mm-hmm.
1: i just i think it's delightful i think it's very funny i love that there's this implication that it doesn't matter what they're doing plan m is like all the plans are the same <laughs> don't you know what i mean because like Like, generally speaking... Statistically, it's whack that Hardison is always going to die in Plan M if the plan... All 26 plans are changing every single con, you know? like I
0: feel like... (laughs) Like, he purposely plans it that way. Just so he can mess with Hardison. Yeah, okay. Like, regardless of whether they'd actually go, like, you know, L, M, N, O... Like, and actually do Plan M in order Mm. or not, I think is sort of... Yeah. You know, regardless. Like, he... You know, plan M, Hardison dies. That's what it means.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? I feel like, as silly as this joke is, it actually has the potential to be very emotionally resonant in a moment where, like, they're really stuck and Hardison, like, looks at Nate or, like, someone looks at Nate and goes, like, how the fuck are we going to get out of this? And Nate just goes, like, really deadly quiet for a minute and, like, looks at Hardison and he's like, plan M. And like that's it. Like the only way that any of them get out is if they we, sacrifice Hardison. And then we never like, see Hardison
0: again. Like this show continues. There's just no Hardison. Like,
1: like obviously, like I just feel like if they did that, like I'm laughing because it's mm. it's so bizarre. They're never gonna do but, it. Like
0: clearly, it, like
1: it's so bizarre. But like if they did do it, my heart would stop because mm-hmm. it would be immediately clear what Nate is saying. Mm-hmm. Like he is saying, like it's like this funny ha ha joke. This whole series, but then he's like, no, no. The only way I see out of this is a plan where,
0: like... And One it has, of us has, has to die.
1: And the, in this instance, it has to be Hardison, because this is mm-hmm. where the long-coming joke has been from. Like, where he just, like, looks at Hardison, and he's just like, plan M. And he's, mm-hmm. like, genuine. And I just, like, I can see it playing out in my yeah. mind's eye. Obviously, if this episode did occur, like, it, Hardison would live. But mm-hmm. it would be, like, the slimmest of, you know... It'd be, like, the Buried Alive episode again. Like, anyway... I just think that that would be very, like, a, a really dramatic angsty turn on the silly ha-ha joke they've been making for seasons.
0: Well, I think I've, like, mentioned everything that I want to talk about today. Do you have anything else that you want to add? No, I feel like I've done mm. a lot of
1: talking this week, and
0: I should probably just, you know, give people a bit of a reprieve. I mean, you know, if you stop talking, then we no longer have a podcast, so... Well, I suppose you're
1: correct. <laughs> I <laughs> don't really have an argument against that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what would you rate the Queen's Gambit job out of five? I think I'm going to give it a four.
1: A pretty mm. solid four. I really enjoyed it. Like, the Sterling and Nate stuff is always really interesting. I really loved Parker and Hardison's whole situation. Like, it was a very, it was a very quintessential sort of, like, leverage episode. Like, mm. it was very much on brand. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the fallout of this episode, though. Like, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what Sterling uncovers and how that sort of impacts things moving forward. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if the rest of the team gets more lubed into what Nate is doing, because at the moment mm-hmm. it feels very much like he's working on this kind of solo. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't actually know how much he's told the rest of mm-hmm. the team about what's happening. And I, from memory, I don't think that we've had – Any, like, on-screen time of him being like, hey, anyway, so remember that guy who bugged the
0: apartment? Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out he's been watching us for years. Like, I don't
1: remember it.
0: From what we can tell, he's sort of just been working with Hardison because Hardison's obviously the one who, like, worked out who was bugging the office and that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. So I think that it'll be interesting to see sort of how that continues to unfurl. Mm -hmm. I also think it'll be interesting if Sterling ends up coming back in any capacity Mm -hmm. this season, if this isn't his only episode. Because by involving him here, it does open up the possibility for him to come back and actually be involved in this plot line specifically, yep. rather than just sort of like rocking up for his own sort of individual episodes. Mm-hmm. So that could be, that could be fun.
0: All right. Lovely. The next episode is called The Girls' Night In, sorry, The Girls' Night Out Job. The girl's, yes, The Girls' Night Out. It's like, is The Girls' Night In or the Girls' Night Out? Yes, it is The Girls' Night Out Okay. So Beth, next episode is called The Girls' Night Out Job. What do you think it's about?
1: Oh my god. Okay. I actually have a really good idea because I remember you telling me about this fucking forever ago. Mm-hmm. Like I think maybe like we had just started recording for leverage or like even maybe before, but like I remember you talking to me about this. And basically, I'm pretty sure there are two episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. One is the girl's like POV and one is the boy's POV and they're like To get the whole story, you have to watch them together. Mm -hmm. This is, like, the only Leverage episode plot that I've been, like, kind of aware of. Yeah. And I don't think I was meant to remember it at this point. Yeah. But it it really stuck out to me because I was like, this sounds fucking lit as hell. I have been waiting for this. This is...
0: (laughs) It may have even been before we started bloody recording Leverage when I was still trying to convince you to do this with me. Quite
1: generally, this could have been from like before we started watching Supernatural. Like, because you've been trying to get me to watch Leverage for a while. But this plot line has always stuck with me. I'm so certain. Mm-hmm. I am so certain. If I'm wrong, I will spend the entirety of next episode wearing a dumb hat. Okay. And I know that no one will see it except for you. Mm-hmm. But they will know it and mm-hmm. you will see it and I'll have to know it. And it will be my shame forever. Yep. Okay. So, I'm so certain that this is going to be, like, Parker and Sophie. And, like, I want to say maybe we get some of the other, like, female recurring characters in. Like, I don't know if maybe Mm -hmm. we see Tara again. That would be a vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Sophie, what I'm saying, Maggie maybe Mm -hmm. would be kind of fun. like. But basically, it's, like, their POV, kind of, like, I suppose, like, the Russianman job in the sense Mm -hmm. of, like, everyone sort of remembering their bits. Yeah. But, like, whatever's happening, we only see their part of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I remember something about, like, they get, like, a phone call or something from, like, Nate Hardison and Elliot and maybe, I don't know, Sterling, like, the boys equivalent that's happening elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And so, like... There's still a little bit of interaction between the two groups, but, like, you don't fully understand mm-hmm. the extent until you've seen both episodes. And I have to assume that means that the boys' version is the episode after that. Am I'm I? not allowed to say anything. Okay. Well, that's my... I'm assuming that that's how it's going to go. And I am excited. I am excited for this because it sounds fucking fun as hell.
0: Okay lovely well thank you so much for listening to us today we will be back next week with the girls night out job to see if beth is or is not correct in see her prediction I, let's see if i have to wear a dumb hat anyway, thank you so much for listening if you want to interact with us anywhere you can find us on a whole bunch of social media sites all of our links will be in the description below so feel free to come and join us literally anywhere um and if you want to talk to us at all you can talk to us about anything but suggested conversation topics include what other ads are hidden in leverage?
1: I have noted so many car mm-hmm. ads and Windows ads or Microsoft, Microsoft ads, what?
0: Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are
1: there any other like many major... particularly
0: egregious ads that you can yeah, think of? Like I think you know, mm-hmm. general
1: product placement doesn't count, but like these are very specific mm-hmm. like advertisements, and I want to know if hopefully I've they at any. least made
0: bank on them. Like oh god. <laughs> How do you feel about Sterling and, like, sort of the way we got him developed in this episode? Is he what I want to know about? Like, mm. what, like did the fact that Sterling had a kid take you by surprise the first time? Because, whew, so sure as so hell fucking took me by surprise. I
1: gotta be real with you. I just never really thought that hard about it. Like, if you had flat out asked me, like, hey, do you think Sterling has a family? Then, like, maybe I would have. But, like, I just kind of, like... We're not really given any reason to question it, I mm. suppose. Like,
0: we don't really get an insight into his home life. No. You know? <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening to us today. Please enjoy your afternoon, evening, night, lunch, brunch, 4am, 2am, any time of the day and or night. Bye. Bye.
1: Blue, 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 blue. Blue, 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 blue. I'm really look at your world map
0: here. Okay.
1: And it's quite interesting. There are so many places that I didn't know about. Like did you know that there is a island just called Friendly?
0: It may be outdated. This desk was built in the 80s.
1: Oh, okay.